and welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny, trying to be smart, synthol-soaked podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. Uh, I forgot to write myself a quippy thing for the top. Long live oh, well. the Empire. I'm just going to use the la- the one from last wow, week again. Wow, 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 Mariah. This is I'll, not... This I know. Is great. It's great, great, great. I'll think about it. I'll think if there's something funnier. Um, You know, uh, yeah, long live the Empire, long live JoJo. Uh, I am your captain, Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have... Mirrorverse Clyde. <laughs> oh, that sucks. That's going to be mine. <laughs> <laughs> You just have to draw a tiny oh, mustache on your oh, finger. Oh crap! That, that I, I thought it would be so easy. Now, now who's the loser? Me, me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm the standards who gets like phased and uh, like phasered in the back. Paul phasered in the back to touch it. Oh no. Uh, welcome, y'all. Tonight we are talking about the last four episodes of season one of Star Trek Discovery in preparation for our final season coming in April this year. Uh, this week we're diving into episode 12, Vaulting Ambition. Episode 13, What's Past is Prologue. Episode 14, The War Without the War Within. And episode 15, Will You Take My Hand? First, just a couple of reminders. Uh, Paul, where can people like find us, share us, uh, get more information about our little show? I'm glad you asked, Mariah. Like, you know, people can find us, share us, get more information uh, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify and YouTube. All links are at StarTrekPod.co. And if you love, like, tolerate or even hate but want to support our episodes, <laughs> we'll take consider, it being a, uh, consider being a Patreon member for just Two dollars uh, an episode. Patreon at patreon.com slash Star Trek Star Trek patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. We're <laughs> going to it's, it's going to be a good one, guys. It's going to be a good one. It's a good one. Also, if you check out the links below, uh, either listening or watching us live, uh, there's links to the Patreon as well as links to our tea public page where you can buy a sweet hot freaks T-shirt or a beloved peanut hamper. Mathematically perfect T-shirt. So, you know. I think you want some of those merch things. There's t-shirts, there's mugs, there's stickers, there's all kinds of fun things. You can check it out there. Um, Clyde, if people want to hang out with us in the chat tonight, what should they do to get our attention? It's really simple. So if we say something that you find like, oh, that's interesting, or I completely disagree with Paul just said, here's what I Whoa, want you to do. Oh, phasers on kill. I want you to take out a pen. I want you to write it down on a piece of paper. Okay. Trans- and you fold it. Into Klingon. Yes. You you then stuff it into an envelope. You got to get make sure you have an envelope. You're going to need a stamp. And then you write our address on there. You put it in the mailbox. And then a week or so later, we'll respond. No, yep. just kidding. If you type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat, we will immediately see your comment, your question, your thoughts. No stamp necessary. No postage. And then in a moment... When we ask you, what did you think about the show? You respond by typing capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat and let us know what your overall warm nuggets of Jonathan's are. Great. Yes. That's lovely. That's well said, Clyde. I, I like it. That's that, that's that's super well said. Warm nuggets of Jonathan. That, that's what space a whale good. Space whale good. Mm, yummy space Ooh. whale. You know, that was that was I originally was going to talk about. That was going to be my opening was a space well reference. Yeah, we got we got some space well references here. Okay, y'all, I think it's time we jump into episode 12, Vaulting Ambition. This was directed by Hanel M. Culpepper, written by Jordan Nardino. 
Um, I think it is time for us to get into some fast freak. Fast freak. Let's get into a fast (laughs) freak. That is so. Please, if anyone wants to uh, do an audio of that and just Mm -hmm. submit to us, we will. You will be immortalized or whatever. Forever on on the pod. Um, Yeah, you guys can also send me audio clips of yourself saying these things, and I'll I'll edit those together. Well, I think people like are sick of my voice already. I'm sick of my voice. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Okay, so vaulting ambition. This is the episode. Uh, we're still in the mirror universe. Georgia sends Lorca to the agony booth. Uh, she has dinner with Burnham. Burnham realizes she's eating kelpie and not having a good time. Um, Stamets is still in his weird uh, coma in the mycelial network. And we get to see a little moment with Colber. And, uh, you know, we're still kind of hanging out in the mirror universe, but we get the uh, big reveal that Lorca escapes from the agony booth here at the end. What did y'all think of this particular episode? Clyde. You haven't been here for a minute, Clyde? Yeah. I haven't been here. So I'll jump in and say every episode, my first thought is the same. Dang. Season one was really good. It's fun. Like... Like it's been just really impressive. And what I, one of the things I loved about this episode is the reintroduction of Giorgio. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, I know Michelle Yeoh is amazing, but when you see her, especially in a role like this, you go, oh, yeah, no, no. Like in my head, she's amazing, but in actuality, she's even more amazing as an actress than, than you would think. It's like, this has been a really interesting episode and the arcs just keep going. It feels like a 15 hour movie, right? Yeah. So, so I've been enjoying this. And so this episode in particular, like the Kelpian thing was like, Oh man, that is so harsh, but it, it highlighted the fact that everyone else is looking at Burnham as like, Oh, that's yeah, that's just Burnham. Giorgio almost immediately is like, ah, you're not my daughter. Like, um, like it took nothing for her. She was, it's like, she wasn't confused at all. Um, and so I thought like, wow, that's a, that's what I, that's what I would expect. Yeah. I thought um, that introduction with the spinning rotating throne for Giorgio, she comes around like, man, what a welcome to my universe. Uh, and I agree with you, Clyde. It's like this back half. I I rewatched all of them today and it truly just felt like watching a long movie um, rather than like particular episodes. And I can't, I mean, it's interesting because I know this was aired week to week, right? It wasn't Mm -hmm. set up as a binge. Um, A lot of things start to sort of blur together. And, you know, like this is also where we find out like the mycelial network has been poisoned. And so we get a lot of time uh, with Anthony Rapp and kind of this, uh him acting against himself is fun though it's like a fun way to see how dynamic i think he is as a as a performer um and i really enjoy seeing tilly's enthusiasm here and we start to i think get better characterization of saru and i think it's building to us finally seeing doug jones really step into this character by the end of the season but paul what did you think yeah flow's good <laughs> I, like, I, I, I'm not gushing about it as you guys are, but like, yeah, no, 
Look, uh, I, I, I like I like George O. You know, like I've I've always liked that character. You know, uh, not not Captain because Captain, what a wuss, just getting killed. Episode two, Blech. but <laughs> but Emperor George O. That that's more you know that's more me. Um, I think uh, I think if I had to, I feel like it's like a kind of a. The kind way of saying it's like it's a Nexus episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the not kind way of saying it is like it's a it's a, a bit of a filler episode because every because every nothing it's all prepping for the next episode, right? Well, this it's is all... the episode. I will say we get a couple of big reveals, right? Uh-huh. And because mm-hmm. we do get the Lorca reveal in this episode as well as the full reintroduction of Emperor Giorgio. Uh-huh. So, uh, like to your point, Paul, it does tee up essentially this back half, right? Like it's uh-huh. not. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I would call it filler because I think at the time, I think it's hard for me to say this is filler because of the Lorca reveal in this episode, mm-hmm. which has been sure. building. Maybe it's like, it's like the appetizer of the, it's the opener. So it's not, it's not the real, cause like the next episode is where, <laughs> you know, it, it comes all together. Right. That, that, that's where, that's where all the karate karate phaser phaser comes in. Right. And, and yeah. that's so. Yeah, this is a lot of like people sitting around tables and talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I did realize I, I was reading, a you know, some reviews from back in the day, because sometimes it's helpful for me to reread people's initial thoughts of these things rather than mm-hmm. people who've been sitting with these characters for so long. And it was an interesting point that they wrote that almost all character development very rarely happens with more than just one or two people in a scene. There's very rarely is there like full character development of people especially Burnham with mm-hmm. more than one person kind of yeah. in that realm. And I thought that was an interesting point to make, especially, mm-hmm. um, you know, as we get to the the finale, I'll, I'll kind of touch on it more, but I did really enjoy seeing Sinequa Martin green and Michelle Yeoh kind of have this more mental tete-a-tete in this episode. I yeah. agree with that. No, I mean, I mean, it's good. Like, you know, it, I feel like, like what kind of really happened? It goes like, "Hey, you, why'd you try to kill me?" And then it goes, "I'm not really your daughter." And then like, "I'm going to ninja star all my my." <laughs> well, that's the next like, episode. Which one's? Am I confused? It's all blending now. Which one? I know. So this one is like we don't get the "I'm going to tell you the truth" yet. That's the next episode. This one is still like the slow reveal we have the the like uh, ash tyler trauma we have the in the mycelial network we have Lorca in the agitator um and and i think we might get well no like 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 the the last episode the the previous episode was basically we revealed Giorgio going uh going like oh um she's the emperor we come mm-hmm. to this episode, uh, Burnham and uh, and Lorca come over. Oh, you're right. You're right. It's, yeah. yeah. And, she and, does and, reveal. She's like, oh, yeah, you're not my daughter. And, and, and so, like, so, like, you know, it's it's all very mathematical in the, in a mm-hmm. way. It, it's it's, uh, it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's totally fun to watch. I, there's, there's, uh, this is not me criticizing. I, I'm just saying that it's all preparation, you know. Like, you know, uh, it's all it's all preparation for the big siege episode that happens next, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. which I thought was like kind of a rapid cut, right? Like it ends with 
Lorca getting pulled out of the agitator. And then we sort of cut directly to him, like releasing all of his people in the next episode. I, I do like the fact that you call it an agitator. I believe it's called an agonizer, oh. you know, but, but the agitator sounds, <laughs> it, it's, it's, sounds they're nicer. They're just very different degrees of things like, Oh, ow, you know, this is, you're really irritating me. This is like, ah, oh, I can't the get agonizer. my, <laughs> You know, I think one of the things that was really interesting to me about this episode, and I, I I completely forgot that I didn't know. So I had to go back and think about this and rewatch it in a way that says, you got to remember you don't know a, a ton of things. Mm-hmm. But the whole Lorca reveal, right, turns out to be much slower than than I than I originally, not originally, than the second time through I remember. Because at this point I know who he is. Mm-hmm. And so it, my first thought was, Oh, well we get the reveal when Burnham figures it out, but it's actually more than that. Like the entire time he's in the agonizer and the other person is upset and saying like, that was my sister. What's her name? Say her name. The first time through, you're kind of like, like, don't you know that that's not the right one? Like that's not, that's not your Lorca. This is a different person. And so it's really when he says Ava, <laughs> right? As you're absolutely certain that it's like, oh, and then you start to realize at that moment, like it was actually an interesting reveal because you you don't really know. You haven't really been giving, given any clues. Um, I mean, you've been given some clues. And so when you watch watch it back, it seems completely obvious um, and so just trying to recapture that that initial reveal was interesting for me it was kind of like a, a who done it when you already know who did it interesting yeah and maybe, maybe it's not a who did it it's like it's a, a you did it well i i do think that's like some of Thank the you, fun of uh <laughs> That is kind of some of the fun of these series, though, is when you do go back, you get to be like, oh, what are the clues that I might have overlooked, right? Like the first time when you go back and rewatch things like um, what's the not Glass Onion, but the first one, because I haven't rewatched Glass Onion. Oh, yeah. The Knives Out. Yeah. Like when you go back and you rewatch like Knives Out or if you rewatch any like any of the Sherlock Holmes series, it's like, oh, you can kind of see like how this gets all put together because we don't have like an Agatha Christie style, like let's have everyone in the room and we explain everything from top to bottom, you know, <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's not happening here, but it is, uh, I think it's been interesting to, to go to wa- rewatch the series and be like, Oh yeah. If you're paying attention, like mm-hmm. this guy is sus. But like, to, to be fair, like, you know, here is a crew of the enterprise and no one in the Federation knows that there is a mirror universe like mm-hmm. right, so there's no way that anyone on the series could go like, "Oh, Lorca is actually Lorca." If you just uh, right, like they the, wouldn't have known why he was being like this, but it yeah. does seem like, "Oh, something is weird." Right. Oh, his eyes are weird. Oh, that's a strange quantum signature for all your DNA that we never scanned. <laughs> yeah. So, but but like you know, it, it's it's yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Like you know. You know, but that's part of the fun with the prequel, right? Is that you have us yelling at the screen. It's kind of like once once you had Q introduced, 
now when anytime something really like bizarre happens, the first thing anyone does is start asking like, has, have we seen a Q? Like, is this a Q mm-hmm. phenomenon? Like, they have that. But here in a prequel, they haven't been exposed to any of this stuff. They don't, they haven't seen a mirror universe. They, like, all this stuff is so new. There's no, there's no basis for it. Well, it was really great uh, about my wife being also a Star Trek person. It's like when I do something stupid, like, oh, I just bought this BMW. We can't afford that. It, was, it wasn't me. I was, I was, I was possessed by a a a, a, a non-corporeal entity. Boom. <laughs> you know, like, and, and she has to take it. She has to take it. Like, you know, Does I she? don't, I, I, I don't do that, everyone. I, I don't, I don't do that. But like, you know, but but the precedent is set. Mm. And, and, I'm gonna start commit. using that excuse, <laughs> and, and I can commit. I can go like, no, seriously, it wasn't me. It was the non-corporeal entity. <laughs> Haven't you seen the Paw Wraith episode? <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I, I also this episode also starts the beginning of like us unraveling the mystery of Ash Tyler's situation as well, because um, now that he's like being fully examined and that he's kind of going back through his memories, and we also have Laurel, you know, doing weird surgery on his head, and uh, essentially making him have the awareness that he has the memories of two people. Although that's something I want to, and this is jumping ahead, but I think it's worth the conversation of like, I feel like they set this up and did not know. This is one of the few bows. I feel like they did not know how to wrap up by the end because I was so confused, even on second watch of like, Saru is like, I, I trust that you are now yourself after this procedure that Laurel does. But then he has full capability to still speak Klingon, access information and memories from Voke. And I'm just like, but I thought you said, like, I, I thought they like disconnected the cord essentially. Like I thought that's what Laurel oh, oh. did. So, so I, I got, I got the way to look at it. Okay. Imagine you have like a computer and like an operating system and okay. some memory, right? So you have mm-hmm. two, normally you have two computers with two operating systems and two memories separated. Mm-hmm. Now you put them all in the same locale, two operating systems, two sets of memories. And what Laurel did was destroy the Volk operating system. So now that the Tyler operates, can access both sets of memory. But he has full, he's like, he controls the mouse. <laughs> well, 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 exactly. <laughs> because operating system, the, the Volk operating system is gone now. Okay. Let me let me let me let me try and see if I could take Paul's analogy and and spin it. Yeah. It, it, imagine if you you had two people, one working on a Mac and one working on a, a Windows mm-hmm. machine sitting next to each other, right? And they were, you know, and then eventually one person was was using the Mac, the PC person was using the Mac mm-hmm. and the person who was on the Mac just had to watch Largely what it seems like they've done is they've created a dual boot, one machine, and they killed the other person. So now you have both access to both machines and one user. Or, or, or how about this? Like, like you have one <laughs> captain of the podcast and she just won't let it go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, yeah, but no, I, no. I, I agree with Mariah yeah. because like I did find that a little weird. Like, okay, you have this person 
It just never felt clearly explained yeah. to me, you know? Oh. And and to me, a little overly trusting. Like, it's not just he was a Klingon. This was a Klingon spy. This was Volk, right? Who essentially was part of the Giorgio murder. Yeah. Right? Like, this is a significant and, person. And you're just going to say, oh, you know what? You seem like a good guy. Feel free to roam about the cabin. And the other, the other thing that's interesting to me is, like, this, um, like, the procedure apparently becomes so commonplace that when they jump back to our timeline, they have to mind meld with people to make sure they're not actually secret Klingons. Oh, I don't think that's, that's why they did that. You did, that's what I thought they were doing. I, I, I think they did that because like they, they, you know, like nine months ago, they found the wreckage of discovery. And now all of a sudden this, this, like, you know, this ship goes, Hey, this is discovery. talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm, saying, like you know, that's that's what they said. They said they, we found Discovery nine months ago, and so uh, right, unknown, unbeknownst to them, that it was the Terran Discovery. Well, to me, like when when they jump back, and then, and I know we're skipping around, but it's just like everything kind of melts together at this point. But um, they when they get on the ship, they're like, "Sorry, this has become a necessary." A tool as a part of war. So to me, that read is like other people have been secret Klingon agents. I, I I feel like that is that is a possibility too. Like I, I feel like I feel like I've always felt that as as much as you guys love the first season of Discovery, I felt it's a little messy. Oh, there's definitely mess. I just think it's still a good time and it's a fun huh? watch. Like it's, right. it, 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 it's fun to vibe to. Yeah, and and like. Yeah, having it back on these last couple of days, like, was I 100% paying attention all of the time? Not always. Oh, wow. Kyung has a good point here. Oh, my God. I, uh, I, I, never, I, I never, I never, uh, they I never. They lost the secret by the time of Trouble with Tribbles with Arne yeah. Davin being so easily exposed as a Klingon. That is actually, re- I that that species reassignment thing I thought was exclusively to discovery but like I, I never connected it to uh tribbles well done sir well done so this is so, so in fact that this is canon like you know this this mm-hmm. this uh this re- reassignment surgery is actually species reassignment is actually canon wow. nice nice like bring it you can, back. every you know like everyone can learn something you know the more you know Woo, rainbows um Let's go ahead and jump into episode 13. So this is our big pew, pew, bang, bang. Everyone, big battle royale going on on this emperor ship, which looked super cool. I thought the additional sets looked really great. I thought the emperor, like, giant ship on the outside looked cool. The way they were using the mycelial network. I do love how much, like, some of my favorite things is when they're just like, we're just going to throw some star Trekkie science nonsense out as a way to explain our way through X, Y, or Z. And like, sometimes I know it can be like super actually accurate to real like science and physics, which I think is super fun. And then other times it's just so nonsensical and fantastical that I'm just like, yeah, let's live in this fantasy. Let's like go, let's, let's live in a world where you can um, harvest a bunch of mushrooms on a moon and uh, you're going to populate that and that's going to ride the wave of this giant explosion that you've caused as long as you're in a warp bubble and everyone's going to ride and surf to safety. I just think it's such a f- like 
that's so much creativity to come up with a way to explain it because we all know Star Trek fans could not be like, I can just take this at face value and you can go. They have to like science explain on screen. <laughs> it, and and even more so because Star Trek rides a wave of something like a like a surfboard oh, all the time yeah all the time <laughs> so there's a sense of i'll believe you but you gotta sell it and so there's this let me give you all this stuff even if you don't understand what i'm saying here's some techno jargon and at the end we're gonna ride it like a wave and you go yep i know that makes you feel all sciencey inside it's great yeah um, this episode was also interesting to me to see Lorca's reaction to Burnham. And I think really told me a lot about his feelings towards mirror Burnham. Say that again. <laughs> like the way uh, Lorca is so willing to let his guard down enough to literally get stabbed in the back by Giorgio because he's having like a moment trying I mean, to like, like- Obviously, you've never groomed someone, I guess, and then not. lost that person, and then had to find their replacement <laughs> and you in have an alternate all? universe. <laughs> Obviously, that's not something you have done, right? And and I, I, I it, it, you're embarrassing me <laughs> on how much you're trying to speak without knowing what you like. You know, I'm so it's, sorry. <laughs> it, it's just, it's just so laughable. I would like, you know, uh. So anyway, anyway, but yeah, like Listen, uh, he, he he really he really likes her. <laughs> he really likes her. Yeah. I, I gotta admit, there are two weird, simple things that just tickled me in this in this episode. So one is Giorgio's getting in a fight and somebody tries to grab her, and she just while standing high kicks him in the face. Does this high kicks him in the face? And I was like, that's very crouching tiger hidden dragon, and I'm all for it. Obviously. And, You've never even grabbed the back and, then, <laughs> and, and kicked like, in the face, and, and like kick, you know, beyond the 180, like like 190 <laughs> degrees behind you. <laughs> so, so that was what the second one is. I was tickled by the fact that um, Lorca's like right hand on Discovery, they were the security, the, mm-hmm. yeah, the no. chief of security, La- Landry, Landry's Landry, awesome. Landry's awesome. <laughs> Landry's so awesome that within the first couple episodes of the season, she gets killed she by a bear. She shows up and she just <laughs> gets killed by, uh, uh, immediately killed. And as we're introduced to her again, yep. it's not going to be long before she's killed again. That's right. Like victim of caterpillar bear, number, you know, in the, in the prime universe. <laughs> and he goes like, oh, are the shields not up? Oh. <laughs> Like I, I want to know. She's, she's like dead meat number one. As a, <laughs> as an actor, when you start reading through the script and you go, They're "Man, <laughs> like all they do is bring me in to kill me." Well, like, she was. She, she what was happened? Pretty, she's a pretty big person in Battlestar Galactica, right? Mm-hmm. Am I confusing? Like she, yes. she was a Cylon. Yeah. And yes. so, and so from Cylon, like you know, one of the, the five to to dead meat number one. Oh, I love it. Like you know, dead. First red shirt. Red, With red shirt prime. Red shirt prime. That's <laughs> red shirt prime. Um, I wanted to ask y'all, I felt like this was such a great episode for Saru as well. I feel like we really see Saru finally have like a full captain moment. We get that big speech on the bridge. 
um, of like, you know, we might die doing this, but we're going to save the universe. I also love that we finally get like discovery loves to make the stakes, the fate of the universe. It's never just like the fate of the crew, the fate of Starfleet. It's like sure. discovery loves it to be the fate of the universe. And I, and it's like, that's continued for almost every season. So I think it's like such a fun like I don't know hallmark of this series I guess is like oh we're inevitably going to build these stakes up to be such big stakes that you like everyone is willing to put up their lives for the sake of everyone else <laughs> yeah uh, I, you know like I have a theory about the last season oh um, uh, like do we know anything about it um that there is like a mystery box that they have to retrieve, but someone else comes and steals it. And then they have, it's like a chase across the galaxy is, is all I've heard thus far. Cause like, there's a part of me, like, you know how at the end of this episode, uh, Lorca meets his fate, like in the mm-hmm. core of my seat. But I go like, Oh, I always assume that he just burned up. But what if he got absorbed into the mycelial network and he's there and he, he'd be alive for 900 years and he'd be back and you could bring Lorca back for the last season. I mean, I feel like I love Jason Isaac, so I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> but uh, that would be a wild twist. I, I mean, like I like you, official Paul Predictus. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it, it is basically like the return of Malfoy's dad. <laughs> the return of Malfoy's dad. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. I think. Let's see uh, some things, some thoughts from uh, critics from the past on this particular episode said the Terran Empire is really easy to overthrow, huh? Which I think is a little shady, but funny. Um, I, mean, I if you have the if you have the clone, like, you know, the, the equivalent of the princess of the Terran Empire. Yeah, it's, it's pretty easy compared to, you know, just having like. Yeah, rebel bait, you know, rebel scum. But um, but I didn't really enjoy all of the fight sequences in this episode. I think anytime you have Michelle Yeoh in a project and you don't give me a badass fight sequence, you are wasting my time. So um, I was very thrilled to watch this episode. And I know anytime I've ever watched behind the scenes of her working, particularly on Discovery, when there are fight sequences, like even the stunt coordinators are like, yeah, when Michelle Yeoh tells you a way to make it look better, you listen to her because she knows what the fuck she's talking about. But do you ever think like Michelle Yeoh or Donnie Yang or Jet Li or ever in a movie and just like, can I just do like a monologue? Like, can I, is it okay? I just, I just want to do a monologue. Like, I don't want to do any, any moves. I mean, if, if, if they want to and that's what they want to do, sh- sure. But, you know, it makes me sad as a fan. It does. I mean, I'm just like, can you, can you do your monologue while, while. The wire h- harness? With Why like not? your hands out like that? Like, can you do that? <laughs> um, I just started The Brothers Son. Have y'all watched any of that on, on Netflix? The new Michelle Yeoh show. It's a little pulpy, but it's fun. Um, but the whole first episode, like we don't get Michelle Yeoh fighting yet. And I was like, if y'all don't give me what I want, <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad. I mean, the fight choreography is great, and there's a lot of other really wonderful actors in the series, but I'm just like She's right there. She's but right there. Here's right. If you don't give me what I want, I'm going to be so mad that I'm going to watch the next episode to see if you give me what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and that's they exactly know that it. that's what's going to happen. 
Yeah, they know what they're doing. They know how algorithms work. Um, we do finally jump back to the future. The whole team works together. Everyone is lovely. Tilly, I think, really shines in these last couple of episodes, especially. I think it's mm. been really fun to watch her. Um, and then we get kind of this interesting push-pull between Cornwall and, like, I think her ethics of wanting to uh, win the war but perhaps go against what the Federation actually stands for. And we start this build for these last two episodes. Um, however, we do get Giorgio, like Emperor Giorgio in our universe, which is even more fun than her in the mirror universe. <laughs> sure, sure. Because so well, she on. has to have some restraint in our universe. So right. Because she's like, like, I have to find a way to survive. So I'm going to play with some of these rules, but bend them where I can bend them. Like to your point, like you know, uh, where uh, I feel like this a real failure of the Federation at this moment, where we have the Admiral, uh, you know, having to decide whether to uphold the values of the Federation uh, or try to ensure its survival. Like you know, those two should never be that should never have to be a choice, and we have an organization in order to deal with that, a very illustrious, honorable organization called Section 31. And they have not done their job if they are, if we are at this point. So I, I, I'm expecting some heads to roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, this episode also has a lot of, I think this is kind of our emotional build to the final episode where we have a lot of stuff going on between um, Ash Tyler and, uh, um, Burnham. and Burnham. I was like, Sonequa Martin-Green. No, that's not her character's name. <laughs> Between her and Burnham. Between Burnham and Tyler. Um, wh- how would you react if you were Burnham in this situation? Like, I think for me, I, I, you're watching it and I'm going like, uh, you know, I don't, I feel like he's really being a doofus in this moment, like an emotional doofus. Uh, but, uh, then she goes, but my parents were killed by Klingons. Goes, ah, that's what I forgot. Like, you know, like, you know, like if they had put that earlier again to remind us, mm-hmm. I think I would go, oh, I, I, I get it now. But, but for, because they push it to remind us for so long, it just seems like, uh, it just seems like you're a little like racist. <laughs> See, I had the exact opposite take on it uh-huh. where I was like. Why is like the idea that she would want to be anywhere near him and people are like, oh, you should talk to him. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I this, like everyone forgave him very fast, like super quick. Like, like this, I didn't buy that at all because part of me is thinking like, again, we're not talking about some Klingon, some random Klingon. This wasn't a Klingon who wanted to defect and has a heart of gold and was just, you know, miscast as, as a spot. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Volk, right? Now, Burnham is I mean, right I to like, say... I know it's not Ash Tyler's fault, but it would be very hard for me to look at someone who's literally killed or tried to kill... Me. Me and <laughs> well, killed well, other people on the ship and like well, went full melt, full Klingon meltdown in front of me. 
well, obviously, you speak of someone who has never had their spouse try to fool Klingon, like, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I, I forgive my wife all the time. <laughs> I forgive my wife all the time. She goes, like, you know, I go, did you do this or Klingon? She goes, like, does it really matter? You're going to forgive me anyway. You know, it's just like Mariah watching that Netflix show. <laughs> well, I, yeah, and, and, and I can see, I mean, like, some of the, I don't know, I think I, I get Tilly's reaction a bit mm -hmm. more. Um, but I felt like it was just very interesting to me to see like how everyone treated Burnham at the beginning of the series. Right. And everyone's like, you're the mutineer. You killed all these. Like they blamed her for so much. I think which she didn't do, which she didn't do. Everyone was just like cold freaking shoulder to Burnham. Yeah, and she... then Ash Tyler, who literally killed Culber with his hands that they saw and tried to kill Burnham and was a secret Klingon. Well, that's the everyone's thing, like, like, we're going to have lunch with you tomorrow. I don't know. But, it, I just feel like there should be a little like, are you uh, sure you're okay? You know, like a no, little I, more hesitation. You know, like, you know, I, I, I get it. I understand. Uh, but like for, for we, we, uh, we can agree that Volk killed Colbert, not, Ash, right? Correct and, correct. and you're making me defend Ash, and I do not like Ash. That, that that's Thank what you, pisses Paul. me off. That's Back what pisses me order. off. You're like, you know, I'm just I'm just on the side of justice, you know. But like, you know, like I, I mean, I think I think um I will say I think the actor is playing it so well. I think Shazad is doing an incredible job of playing amazing an incredibly complex situation that has to be so confusing to figure out as an actor. <laughs> When even as the viewer, I can hardly figure out where your character's motivations are coming from at any given point and like how he's coming to deal with it. And I think it comes to, you know, kind of jumping to the finale a bit, but it's like that final scene between him and Burnham, I thought was very lovely in the way that they talked about the complicated feelings and that they have towards Klingons and like their understanding of like, yes, I've been harmed from this particular community, but I can't justify these horrendous actions that the Federation is trying to, to put upon them. Right. Yeah. I, listen, I, I love that piece. I think from a Burnham in particular piece, like it's, I think she does a good job of being able to look at the Klingons one way mm -hmm. and, and go, look, I'm all, because here's what we're, we're not saying. We're not saying Burnham go all racist and be like, I hate Klingons. Mm -hmm. We should kill them all. She's largely going, I want the Federation to be in a relationship with the Klingons. Like, I want to know how we can do that. This particular Klingon tried to kill her, killed someone she knew, betrayed her. And, and everybody's looking like, but it's what? not really Ash. And I'm thinking that might be, but can we all stop pretending like Ash Tyler is the greatest person on the planet, the only man that she could ever be with? They haven't even known each other that long. Like, if I'm Burnham, I'm going, this is all interesting, but seems to be a little too much. I'm out, right? And 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 I'm going to be okay being out because book's coming along in a little bit, and I'm going to be good, <laughs> right? I'm not going to so lie. Good. I think book sucks, too. <laughs> <laughs> she that can do dude. better. 
you know, <laughs> just his swag is a whole different swag. That, that swag book is, is like. not enough to build a relationship. <laughs> you say that now, and um, he's got emotional <laughs> empathy, like powers and stuff. Like, and then he goes betrays on. everything. It's okay. It's all good. Book, book is an upgrade. Oh, Chupi, uh, I, I hit a trigger for Chupi. I apologize. Chupi. <laughs> <laughs> book does not suck in all caps. Tell him, Chucky. Tell him, Chupi. <laughs> um, I did think. The other thing that was a little hard to watch was the Stamets Tyler scene in the hallway in this episode. It's like, I really hope they warn Stamets that this dude is just like walking about this guy who killed your husband, your beloved, with his bare hands. <laughs> Everything can be said. Stamets, Stamets gets like for like a week, maybe two, just free range to like punch that dude in the nose. Like you're you're in the you're at the replicator, you're getting some you know, some replicated soup or something, and you turn around, he's there, bop, and just move on. Like, because he's just walking around, like, just walking around, like, it wasn't really me. It was my alter ego. It was, okay. it was. Well, <laughs> not even that. It's, 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 it's as if, like, you know, there are two people in a house. <laughs> and then one I get person, it. I get it. But it, it apparently, be- emotionally, you guys do not. Because it's it looks like the same person. I think if I was Stamets, like I would the have same house. So that I'm yes, I would houses. have a hard time. I would have a hard time. No, I I get it. I get it. I understand. I understand. It's 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 tough. It would it would be it would be really tough. Okay, I want to jump to the finale because we're already forty minutes in, and I have to talk about the Quonos like evil marketplace, which was so fun i was like finally we're on an alien planet <laughs> like, like my biggest problem with the whole uh alien planet uh is the black market is is whale is an endangered species mm-hmm. until they just bought it like for like 50 cents <laughs> it should be pretty expensive but they're <laughs> i mean i guess it's a pretty big animal and those were very small portions uh, maybe but like you know you go get a, a tuna you know, you get some Otoro. That's that's a pricey bit of thing. And here they they're doing like you know. But that would be like if a if a if a, a if a tuna was the size of a house. They are. I mean, a tiny house. A tiny house. <laughs> Here's my thing: is I was like, you ate it. Like we're not talking about some weird, you know, Klingon roach. It's a space whale. It's already been cooked. It's, you it's obviously like, thought it was pretty all right because you've eaten a few bites. Like, why <laughs> spit it out? Go ahead and just like, well, I like guess, go ahead and you, finish well, All of a sudden, like you know, like uh, uh, Burnham finds out it's ganglia, and then she's like, you're like, oh, that's that different. Why is ganglia? that different? Because ganglia, ganglia delicious, high cholesterol, but delicious. Ganglia <laughs> is like eating an ear from a friend. Okay, that's very different than saying a space buffalo, right? Like. You know, I've had bison. Very tasty. I've had ear. Maybe not from a friend. <laughs> Listen, I know you do jiu-jitsu, Paul, so I don't know what happens in that ring, but like... <laughs> Those are Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did I did really enjoy the, the marketplace. I will say it felt like a little bit of a like very fast i expected the finale to be longer i think mm-hmm. as i was watching i was like oh this one's still only like 45 minutes um 
And I, I thought it would be a little bit longer and I forgot how kind of like quickly we really get to the end there. Cause I was really excited about, I mean, Tilly on the planet is so much fun. The like very fun. Her being like, Oh no, Oh no, 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 thank you. And then Georgia being like, Oh no, these are both for me. Peace out. Keep this thing safe. And then the smoking, the whale bit, like the way she's, this was really a Tilly shine episode. And I really enjoyed it. Even when she gets like promoted and there's a little wink, it was just like, see, uh, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, when she was on the planet, she had straight hair, didn't she? Oh yes, yes, she did. Like (laughs) I love, Tilly with straight hair, like that. Killy, Killy, Tilly, Killy, Killy has straight hair, like you know. And and, and, I, and I, I see, I see your problems with uh curly texture. No, 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 and, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. No, no, listen. Mariah has it right. She no. has it right. She's completely no, right. Like I, I'm listen. so curly hair prejudiced. They don't. They no. should not be captains, Mariah. How you like that? <laughs> you got me saying on air. You got it. Okay. How you like? Me? Where... How you like me now? Phasers. I don't. I don't know where this conversation is going, but. <laughs> I gotta say that. Like, like, I, I remove Paul. Right. That's perfect. I'm Listen, just kidding, Paul. I absolutely love curly hair. Love curly hair. It's a thing. Not gonna get into it. But Tilly with the straight hair, for whatever reason, is like, hmm, I just, I don't, I'm with Paul on that. Like, and yeah. I she does look more sec- secret agent slick is like what I like to call it. Like I, I was just going to make them. It's a good wig. It's a really good wig. Uh, yeah. I, I think what I was going to say is basically whenever she, you know, is, is like, oh, I'm an instant. I'm a, I'm a blah, 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 curly hair. Whenever I'm a badass, straight hair. And I, I like how they do that throughout. The- yeah. Yeah. Like, cause, cause the episodes I- where she's like, oh, I'm just a little lab nerd. My hair's all up in a bun. Exactly. Just kidding. Yeah, anyway, it's good, but she's it's great. A good choice. Um, it's a good choice. It, it, it really dramatic. It dramatically affects her her view look as a character. Yeah, to me, totally. Um, Giorgio with her uh, undercover getting information threesome was maybe one of the hottest things I've ever seen on television. <laughs> that flip to the gun to the forehead was incredible. <laughs> it was amazing. No, no, no. And I'm really glad we have chaotic, evil, bisexual representation on television. I'm here for it. I'm glad we get it. <laughs> All alignments matter. All alignments matter. <laughs> Especially the evil ones. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting to see how they wrap it all up with, like, the Klingon houses have to come together. We have this uh, sort of ally with Laurel. We've, you know, found a way to kind of put her in charge. And then we sort of end it there with seemingly like, I mean, they call off the ships and everyone kind of comes home to figure out what to do with the Klingon Empire. But to me, it felt a little unfinished. And then we get this like, everything is holly jolly and we're off to the off to Vulcan. And then we get a call to help the enterprise which to me it's funny i was so like enamored within the world of discovery even on this second watch knowing it's coming when they start like the the calls like when 1701 starts to appear you know i'm like oh i forgot we're still in prequel prequel mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. sure 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 because it just feels so different and 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 so within itself within itself that I was like, I forgot even with Sarek, even with like callback characters, Mm -hmm. it just feels like such its own place 
in space and time. But didn't that like didn't you when you see that seventeen oh didn't it just like like oh I mean spark the, something when the score plays in the credits I got so excited like <laughs> I mean it just it felt right like it felt like oh yeah like something special is coming now I'll be honest I took a peek at the first the, the next episode and I'm reminded that how annoyed I was. Because they tease us with Spock for like, so I, like much most of the season, where I'm just like, that was kind of a dick move. Like, it's like Michelle Yeoh not fighting in a Netflix series. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but the difference is Michelle Yeoh probably starts fighting in episode two. This would be like if Michelle Yeoh doesn't fight until like the season finale, where I'm like, dude. Like, I, I just, I remember there was, and, and they ramp it up and give you so much that it's just this thing that they keep holding out there that at some point it turned from excitement to frustration. For At least for me. I was kind of like, look, don't keep teasing me. I'm not that dude. Not that dude. Um, don't edge me. Don't edge me, dude. I did realize I forgot to read the credits of the other episodes, and I do like making sure we include them. So episode 13, What's Past is Prologue, was directed by Olatunde Onsunsame. It was written by Ted Sullivan. 14, The War Without, The War Within, was directed by David Sullivan and written by Lisa Randolph. And then the finale, Will You Take My Hand, is directed by Akiva Goldsman. Story by Akiva Goldsman, Gretchen J. Berg, and Aaron Harberts. Teleplay by Gretchen J. Berg and Aaron Harberts. So lots of hands to get that finale across the line. I, I gotta say, I love the parallel when Burnham calls out, like, at the beginning of this, I felt like I had to do what whatever I had to do that violated Starfleet principles for the sake of saving people. Mm-hmm. And I was basically just hung out to dry for that. And now here we are, and you want to do the same thing? That's not who Starfleet is. I thought that was an amazing moment and a great parallel of going, look, you all condemned me. And then when you got put in the same situation, you did the same thing I did. Well, let me tell you, you don't want to do it. Like, I just thought that was an amazing, like amazing kind of callback and kind of closing the book on that. I, I like your interpretation of it. Like for me, when I saw it, I, I was going like, man, there it is. Like, you know, the state can act like a dick, but the citizens cannot. Even mm. if the, and I was like, that even <laughs> even in space paradise. <laughs> well, I think it's also interesting because this is this first season is such a departure, I think, from what we were used to seeing of the Federation because it was so wrapped up in the Klingon war and it was so extra violent and it was um a lot of people just doing whatever it took to win or to get back to where they wanted. You know, it was just a lot of people with um, stakes beyond the ideals I think we were presented from the original series. So I can definitely see, like, I really enjoyed it. I love Discovery. I have a great time watching it. But I can see where some people argue about it being a departure from the Trek that they knew. I don't agree with the people who are like, it's too woke. It's all blah, 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 blah. Like those people obviously have not been paying attention where I see it is in those like tones and themes of instead of like space exploration and finding frontiers and like 
problem solving as a group, it was, especially this first season, was essentially a war sci-fi show. Um, and and while there had been like episodes that dealt with those things, it was never like full season long. Like the Klingon war was such a ebb and flow throughout this entire season. And then we went to the mirror universe where everything was also dark and treacherous and evil. And so it was like, I don't know if it's also just the time and place of, of watching it currently with what's going on in the world, but it definitely didn't feel like hope <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, so getting to the end and having the enterprise kind of show up, I went, Oh, I'm excited now for next season. I think it's going to be less war, more discovery is what I felt like at the end. Well, I mean, you Wrong. talk about yeah. <laughs> you talk about the black market scene, yeah. right? Like the black market scene screams, "Not your parents' Star Trek!" Right? Yeah, we got we got Nike, uh, you know, green people. <laughs> song action. Uh, I was like, man, that's so, a, that's not even thong. That was a g string. That was a g like that was cheeks just out. Um, but I think that's why people love Strange New World so much. It's because between Discovery and Picard, it's like there's so much new. Mm-hmm. Strange New World feels like this is the Trek that you were expecting when we told you we were bringing back Star Trek. And I think that's why it has such a huge following so easily. And, you know, Handsome Mount is kind of great, so... I, yeah, and I think it's it's why I love Lower Decks too, and 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 a lot of the series. I mean, I think this version of Discovery or this version of Star Trek was very much a um, uh, in response to prestige television and the rise of prestige television and serialized storytelling. Um, and I think they did a. I had a great time watching this first season, and I'm excited to revisit the second season. Um, and where is I going with this thought? I had something and then I lost it. (laughs) Live long and prosper. prosper. But I think it felt like it did. It it feels like modern Star Trek. It's like if, if we didn't know anything about Star Trek and this was a sci-fi show Mm -hmm. and you're like, this is Star Trek. And like, you're introducing the ideals of the Federation in this way. I think by the end of it, you do get it because you see Burnham as that true North star of what the Federation is supposed to be. Right. Yeah. And and I think it's, it's different and it's more of here's what Trek becomes because the interesting thing about Burnham is from day one, we realize that she's not Kirk or Riker or any of the the people who in previous Trek kind of shot from the hip, bent the rules and got away with it. She immediately does something in the pilot and is basically sent, you know, court martial for, for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you think about it, that's a situation where we've probably seen Kirk mutiny. How many times has Kirk in one of has has, has basically said, "I'm going to do something that the captain doesn't want me to do anyway"? Right? Yeah, yeah. I think we've seen it from other other um, captains and major characters before, and it's it's definitely a different repercussion in this series for sure. Um, any other thoughts on this first season, y'all? 
Uh, I'm good. I think I think we uh, I think we were doing it. We are doing it. Um, to keep y'all informed, to make sure we finish everything up by the time the new series comes in April, we're going to be splitting each season into two parts uh, for the next series. So we'll be discussing season two, part one, and I'll post the episodes on our social media and our Slack channel. Um, we're going to take a week off. We'll be back on February 1st, uh, Thursday, February 1st. So we can talk about season two, part one, and then we'll be back for February 8th for season two, part two. We're going to take Valentine's Day off so that we can all go do things with our significant others. And then we'll be back for season three in two parts on the 22nd and 29th. Uh, Season four, we will do in March. So I'm excited to keep trekking along, revisiting Discovery. They say keep trekking along or keep trekking along. Oh, keep trekking along would have been the better the better version of that <laughs> i said trucking but you know um yeah i'm excited dig on in we got search for spot coming up we get to see old okay. ethan peck getting in handsome oh, cool, mouth cool. rebecca romaine oh i'm excited for some rebecca She's romaine amazing. it's gonna be a good time okay y'all thank you to those who joined us here live in the chat we appreciate y'all for everyone listening thank you so much you can uh, rate, review, subscribe, share the show. Um, if you head over to Apple or to Spotify, you can give us five stars. We really appreciate that. It helps other people find the show, especially as we're getting ready for this final season of Disco. Uh, visit StarTrekPod.co for links to everything as well as to our Patreon. Uh, you can follow us over on X and on Instagram at Star Trek Pod. We'll see you all next time. Live long and prosper, y'all. Bye-bye. Long prosper. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.